And welcome, everybody, back to another edition of Fandom Defense Court. Tonight, we've got a very special one. And the reason it's very special is because this is our last of the, of the first round. You know, and we've, we've saved, I don't know if we've saved, I got to say, we probably saved the most controversial for the last one uh, in the sense that I feel like my character's kind of well-loved. Uh, Al's character is definitely well loved. Jenny's character is well loved, and you're 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 doing something that you you do basically on a daily basis every time you talk about comics, pretty much. So, so tonight should be interesting. Uh, so tonight with us, obviously, uh, we've got coming to us from the uh, the great metropolis of Lexington, Mister Al Red Lanyard. How you doing out there, Al? I'm doing wonderful. I am so excited to get this going. Dude, I am too. Uh, also with us tonight is our good friend Raven, also known as Jenny. What's up, Jenny? What's up? Look at Jenny. Jenny is hyped tonight, man. I am hyped. I'm Jenny happy to be here. Okay. Obviously, my name's uh, Josh or the Wise Sage. If you you ever go to the uh, site and look me up, uh, and then tonight on the hot seat, we got Jacob, the man of many, many, many middle names. Vance McCarty Hardesty, also known as the Editor-in-Chief, the EIC, the Big Kahuna, the Don Data. Goodness. Look at that. Happy, ha- happy, to, be, happy to be in the hot seat tonight. <laughs> happy to be and a part tonight, of this. And tonight, we are talking about Superman. Mm-hmm. We're going to discuss Superman. When we when we decide to do this, this uh, Phantom Prosecution, or Phantom Defense Court, uh, Jake was really, really quick on the draw here. He, he went to Superman almost immediately, almost as fast as I went to Batman, uh, which probably says that Al and Jenny are a little more, uh, deep than us because they probably. were independent. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, I want to do Batman. I want to do Superman. Superman. So yeah. like, that's probably a, I think Batman Superman is a good little, you know, uh, bookcase of what we got going on here. Mm-hmm. And so, uh. Unlike with uh, Constantine and Jessica Jones, uh, I don't think Superman needs to be explained that much, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to toss it to Jenny here in a sec, because I think her question is probably as good an intro as we're going to get okay. into this conversation. So, Jenny, why don't you pop off that first question? Yeah, so, all right, what about Superman sets him apart, sets him apart from other superheroes? Okay, that man, that that is a, that is definitely a good starter. Especially an accusation that he's basic. Yeah, no, no, that's that's absolutely basic what white girl at. Superman. Yeah, um, basic white girl Superman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, co- coincidentally, um, depending on the version that you're reading, or depending on who's writing him or who has him, a lot of times, not a whole lot. Um, of course, you know, Superman was really the first major superhero and everything, um, but when he's written well. And when he has someone who truly understands him as a character, um, you understand that what really truly separates Superman from anyone else is just the pure moral goodness that he had. Um, you know, there there is very little controversy with Superman um, when when he's written well. There's very little um, very little gray areas with him. He he wants to help everyone. Um, I think, um, and in that in that case, really, the one time that he kind of went against certain people in, in that area, one of the best stories uh, written about him was by Greg Pak, um, the first run that he did about Superman during the New 52, um, where effectively he defends this, like, kind of subterranean um, group of creatures. Um, and there's, like, this, like, kind of mini, like, little, like, civil war that basically gets, gets caught up in between pretty much. Um but ultimately what really, really changes and what really what different effects that Superman has on people is the fact that he ultimately does want to help everyone. And even if he has to stand in the middle of a situation and say, no, we have to stop this, um, you know, and a story like that is definitely is really probably the, be- the, the best way to really kind of understand him as a character from that aspect. Um, so. Ultimately, for me, it's the fact that he is just pure good. Um, yeah, that's that's really what's what separates him, in my opinion. The fact that he's pure good. Yes. 
Okay. All right. He's going to stand up that answer, Al. Okay. Al, uh, you're going to make it easy for us. Al, you hit him up with the next one. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um, after hearing the stunning response that the thing that separates Superman from other superheroes is that he's good. Um, <laughs> <we're> <laughs> yeah, as opposed to all the other not heroes, right? As opposed as opposed to that just oh. just antagonistic asshole Spider Man. Um, <laughs> um, we're gonna go to a question that actually um, an early part of um, of your answer just now is kind of how you started off your answer. Um, uh, kind of cues up this question because you brought up how Superman is kind of um, uh, the OG s- um, significant superhero, mm. arguably not the the very first one, but the first one that really um, has real significance to history and pop culture um, is uh, this idea that he is um, he's an OG. Uh, he dates back to. Nineteen thirty-eight. Um, it's a long, it's a good long time. Um, so my question to you is, just kind of a cursory uh, question, is that is Superman the character? Uh, does he show his age? Is the idea behind his character is it kind of outdated or antiquated? Well, um, that's a, man, that's a very, very good question. Um, especially for, you know, in my opinion, roughly the last 20 to 25 years of his writing. Um, so, so the basic question, I mean, of course, you know, being that is he antiquated, that's that at its core, you also have to ask, okay, well, like I said, like I said in the first part is, is, is our morals antiquated, you know, is good antiquated. Um, and of course the question is no. Um, the thing about Superman is of course, he may have these old fashioned ways about him, you know, yeah, it might be silly. They still, you know, the newspaper reporter and he wears the glasses and everything like that. Um, you know, maybe, maybe that aspect of it might be a little bit silly. And then he, you know, rushes off to be Superman and everything. But at its core to me, the, the core values of the character are timeless. Um, and this is this is set up in to me perfectly um, in Mark Wade and Alex Ross's Kingdom Come. Um, in that storyline, there's a there's a big big push to these kind of more violent kind of antiheroes that are that are kind of this younger generation. Um, and Superman's retired, and Batman's retired, and Wonder Woman's retired, and everything, and they're all kind of off doing their own thing. And Superman is the one that they're like, if we get Superman back, we can maybe try to actually fix the world because the world's basically going to hell in handbaskets during the first comic. Um, when Superman comes back, basically there's this renewal of hope. There's this renewal of this kind of idea that there is still good in the world. Um, and and to me, in in our modern day climate, there's there is never going to be a lack of a necessity for a character like Superman. There's never going to be a lack of necessity for someone who is genuinely a good person. Um, you know, and even, even to the, even to the aspect, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and say it, you know, this is what multiple scenes in the Snyder films get so wrong is the fact that he has to be pressured and pushed into actually doing the right thing so many times in those films. Um, I think my least favorite quote of the entire series is, or be none of it, Clark. You don't own the world. You don't owe the world anything. Well, of course, Superman doesn't owe the world anything, but at the same time, he's Superman. So he's going to do everything he can to save everyone and give back to them. Because that's who and what he is, you know. And so, so for me, no, his his ideals are not antiquated because they're just timeless, um, you know. And if because at that point, if his ideals are antiquated, and so are and so are mine, um, 
because when you look at the very basic core core ideas of fighting oppression, you know, um, seeking to help as many people as you can, um, defending the weak, you know, defending those that can't, that's what Superman does. Even in the earliest action comics, all the way up to like to I mean the recent ones that Brian Michael Bendis is doing, you know. So that's so to me, no, his ideas are not his ideals are not antiquated. Okay. Okay. That's, oh, very, that's a good answer, bro. It's a very yeah. That's a very good answer. It's very well thought out. Very well thought out. Um, I'm glad you brought up on the Snyder films. We will we will get to those tonight. I have I have no doubt. You know, it'll 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 sneak peek for everybody. We're gonna get to the we're gonna get to the Snyder films tonight. Well, I'm, I'm just glad it doesn't sucker punch me later. Oh, that, that was wow. <laughs> if ever there was a Superman joke, that was the joke. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see if you can keep your responses down to 300 words or less. Oh, see how stupid it sounds when I say it. Um, now then um for our next question is and again y'all it's as if we planned these this is it's as if these are scripted because so many times our answers lead right into the pursuant question that's coming up it's crazy to help where i can (laughs) it's great it's great um and for anyone who who's curious, these are not scripted at all. Um, um, for your next question on the hot seat is, I'm glad you brought up this idea of, because your answer just now focused very much on Superman, um, the side of the character that's more like his values, his ethics, his code of morality, um, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, I'm glad you talked about that. Because I think that's one, I think if there is one thing about Superman that edgy nerds can't agree on, um, it's that um, there does need to be a character who has has some kind of like absolute good kind of side to them. Um, hey, that, how that, I've said that and thinking about the edgy nerds I know and a I realize now they may not agree to that, but <laughs> reasonable edgy nerds would agree that there does need to be some kind of absolute good um, anti-morality character, and Superman traditionally has fit that very well. Now, what I want to ask with this next question and really get to the heart of is not so much the values of the character, but really just kind of the existence of the character, right? The the rules that kind of... T- dictate how the character works in the DC universe. Um, and I took the phrasing on this question. Um, I took the inspiration from Joshua from when I was on the hot seat, um, where Joshua, if everyone recalls, um, when I was talking about John Constantine, uh, kind of proposed this idea that John Constantine is very much a product of his time of uh, on the late 80s, early 90s, kind of edgy aesthetic. Um, and I would say if John Constantine is supposed to be a product of his time, um, then my question to you is, does that same kind of idea apply to Superman? Is the idea of Superman character, not so much his code of morality or anything like that, but the idea of how Superman works and his function within the comics is that part of Superman very much a product of its time. For example, an argument might be made that a character whose whole idea behind the character is that he has all of the superpowers, and then when writers realize that he kind of has a lot of superpowers and it's hard to write a story with any stakes in it, then they develop kind of a contrived idea of a weakness for him to have so that there is some kind of arbitrary form of stakes because oh no what if a villain of his has this new mysterious green rock called kryptonite which screws up superman um a lot of people might say that that is very much an idea of superheroes of its time and while it may have worked back then 
it's kind of weird and awkward to fit into stories now. Um, so how would she respond to that? This idea that how Superman works, his powers, his place in the DC universe, that that part of him is antiquated. and That part of him is kind of a product of its time. Sure. Sure. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, which also, I, I, I love that lead-in. That's, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna need you to, to do that at the end of every question now. Just feel like, what's he going to say now? <laughs> Yo mama fight thing going on. He does. He is high tonight, man. Um, no, um, that, that, is a, that is a very, very good question, and I like that you guys separated those. Um, so, so, okay, so Superman came out in 38, like you said. Okay, so... That is a year before uh, Poland gets invaded, correct? Right. Okay. So, first and foremost, you also you have to think that at this point in time, you know, Wonder Woman, Superman, Shazam, uh, even Captain America, the Human Torch, Submariner, all of these characters that are being created in the, in the late 30s and early 40s all have the same central core idea of we are giving our younger audiences something to look up to and to aspire to. These are heroes for them to look at. It's not just the army men that are having to go across the seas and get their hands dirty. We are looking at people that are in these bright suits and everything. So we are looking at these people that people can look up to. Um, so immediately the, the core aspects of them might be antiquated in that sense, but like you said, how have they kind of evolved? Um, his power set, of course, like you already said, he basically can do pretty much anything. Um, and multiple writers have take have you know given him extra powers along the way. They've taken certain ability, uh, certain other abilities away. Um, in the fifties, in the radio show, was when they added kryptonite, like you said. Um, and then I can't remember. You have to forgive me. I can't remember exactly when. Um, this started, but I know that he has a, um, uh, forgive me. Um, I know that he is weak against magic, um, and different things like that. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, you know, one of the things that I think was interesting about the way you worded it is you were, you were focusing on kryptonite and you were focusing on, you said, is it not occasionally odd to see kind of how that sets up certain storylines in, in the modern day era? Um, and that's absolutely true. Um, most of your modern day writers, um, a lot of them actually kind of avoid kryptonite if you really kind of pay attention to some of them. I, in fact, I honestly can't think. I know in the Scott Snyder Justice League run that just came out, I can't think of a time where Kryptonite was used except for uh, one time by Batman. Um, <laughs> hilariously, not not to jump to Jake's defense here, hilariously, one of the main points of the New 52 was that um, Ultraman ate all the Kryptonite. Ate all the Kryptonite, yeah, the exactly. World. Yeah, in the world, yeah. So, um, yeah. Which, that, that was another thing I was thinking, is that with the exception of, like you said, Ultraman... And I think there's one scene in the earlier parts of Jeff Johns' Justice League run. There is very little kryptonite used in that. Um, Grant Morrison's All-Star Superman hardly uses it. Grant Morrison's Action Comics run does a little trying to set up kind of this early Superman idea. So like when they see kryptonite, it's like this is the first time we've ever seen it in the world. Um, you know, so... I think that maybe the aspect of weaknesses in itself have become antiquated. Um, you could even not trying to jump heroes, but you could also even look at characters such as Green Lantern, you know, with the entire idea of the, of the yellow being a weakness for them. And then that entire thing was changed and thrown uh, in a complete other direction uh, by Jeff Johns um, during his run. And I think that really kind of speaks more so to the creators themselves, not necessarily so much of the character, is how do you write them and the lore that has been set forth, how do you write it in a modern-day way to make it work? And like we said, 
a lot of your modern day writers actually just avoid kryptonite because there are so many other things that can hurt Superman now that we kind of start focusing on. Scott, I, you know, we since since Scott Perry talked about Scott Snyder so much in the in the Batman one, I'm going to go ahead and talk about how great Scott Snyder writes Superman in his Justice League run, um, because in that the technical weakest moment that Superman has is not due to kryptonite; it's actually due to a lack of sun. So a lot of people don't understand that Superman's powers ultimately come from basically he's he is storing so like solar radiation pretty much. And then he is using that to fuel his powers. Um, that goes back to, I mean, the 60s and 70s, starting to start talking about that with when they really start introducing the the idea of Jor-El and the Kryptonians and how they would react under a yellow sun. Um, and, you know, I think that's one of the better ways to actually write him now is that is this kind of idea of, you know, how much power does he have stored within him and can they keep it, can they keep it away from him enough? Um, you know, and that's, of course, you know, then in that scene, then Batman also figures out how to help him and, you know, get sons back and stuff like that and everything and help him out. Um, whole, whole thing. Uh, I, I just explained, like, I just gave a synopsis of like six full issues there. Sorry about that. Um, which, if you guys have not, you absolutely need to read the Scott Snyder Justice League run. Um, but no, so I think that maybe certain aspects of his character and of his power set may be antiquated. But at the same time, I think they, I think a lot of that really relies more so on the writers themselves than the actual character. Um, and just how do you make it, how do you do a modern story and make it interesting? Um and actually, I like it when writers are willing to do that instead of the classical, you know, is Superman still relevant storyline? Um, because that just gets very, very old very, very quickly. Um, we've had two or three that were that were really solid. And after that, I just I'm sorry, I don't I don't really want another is Superman still relevant story um, because he absolutely is. So we, we've done it. You know, we, we've proven that. So, yeah. So that's where that's where I'm at. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a good answer. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, I thought I had another thought in there, but I don't. So um, I will. <laughs> very well said, Jacob. Um, I will. I will toss it. Oh, I will toss it over. I've got. I've got like the embryo of a thought in my head. But okay. it's not it's not quite fully developed yet. Um, okay. So so it could turn into a follow up question further into the podcast. But for Keep right now, up. yeah. Um, for right now, I will toss it over um, to Joshua because Joshua has some questions for you. Okay. Um, let's do an exercise. You ready? Okay. okay. Nineteen ninety two. Batman Nightfall. Yes. 1992 to 93, Death of Superman. Yes. Following Batman Nightfall, we have Batman uh, Rise of the Night or whatever it's called with Azrael. Mm-hmm. We have Bat- Batman Returning to Face Azrael. It's 92 through 95. Following that, we have Rebecca Ruckus Run up through uh, 99 uh, with things like Cataclysm, mm-hmm. War Games, mm-hmm. No Man's Land, all things you would consider classic, right? Yeah. Okay. Starting around the early 2000s, Grant Morrison starts with Justice League, but it's really a Batman run. Takes over Batman. Consider a classic. Yeah. Okay. Along that same time, takes Batman up through Batman Inc., Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. 2011, Scott Snyder takes over. Obviously classic. Does everything that we've ever wanted, yes. Yeah. Obviously classic. Sure. Okay. All right. Um, Tom King's run, a little shaky. Okay. Starts off really, really good, though. Probably mm-hmm. some classic lines there. Also, you've got Batman, All-Star Batman, mm-hmm. uh, and Robin. Or is it, it's All-Star Batman, right? It's All-Star Batman, yeah. Okay. With Scott Snyder. Mm-hmm. Classics, right? Yeah, okay. Superman in that time period. Sure. Trial of Superman from 95 to 97? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Classic? No. Okay. 98, 99? Uh, actually, 97... 98 is red and blue Superman? Yes, it is. Classic? No. Okay. Uh, 
99 wins. Uh, we've got we've got Superman for all seasons, which I'll consider a classic. Yeah, that's, uh, that's absolutely a classic. Okay. Yes. We've got Birthright in 2003. 2004. 2004. But yes. Where's Brainiac at? Uh, Brainiac is 2008. You're skipping the world. Okay. No. Well, no, I'm not. See, that's the thing. Okay. Okay. Brainiac is 2008. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, And then... It should be 2010. Excuse me. Excuse me. Okay. And then there's another Jeff Johns in there, right? Well, his his big one is Secret Origin. One Secret Origin. That's... uh, 2010 is Brainiac, 2011 is Secret Origin, okay. if I remember correctly. Okay. I could be wrong on those dates. Okay, all right. Then following 2011, mm-hmm. in New 52, we've got Grant Morrison's early run, which is good. Mm-hmm. I would say the real standout is 10, which is the cape. Uh, the zero-year issue. I thought that was, okay, maybe I just saw one there. Anyway, mm-hmm. where the cape is a classic. Mm-hmm. Okay, then you've got Ha'el. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> then you've got Doomed. Okay. Okay, then you've got them killing Superman. Mm-hmm. And then they've got them fusing Superman with the past Superman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you've got uh, then you've got Superman's son murdering kitties. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you do. Yeah. And then you've got Superman losing his son. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you've got meandering for about three years. Mm-hmm. And then okay. Bendis. Okay. And then Bendis. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a point where Jay Z is talking about Nas, and Nas had made the statement, "I've got five, and you've got two. Real quick. I cannot wait to see where this is going. Dude, going Please great. keep going. <laughs> what were Gay's talking about? Nod. It's in. Uh, it's in. Um, what's what, oh. Uh, uh, it, it, it's in the takeover. The breaks over. Okay. All right. Well, just a takeover. Breaks mm-hmm. over. Fallout boy. Kyle, I was gonna say. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay. right. It's in the takeover. Okay. okay? Yeah. Off of the seminal album. I can't remember the album. I'm sorry. Oh, it's the blueprint. Okay. the seminal album blueprint. Can't remember if that was the first or second. Okay. And he basically is talking to Nas because Nas has been going at him. Mm-hmm. And Nas says, I've been in this thing seven years. You've been at five. And then Jay-Z comes back and says, you've been at seven years, okay? But do the math. You've only got one good album in those seven years. Oh, Whereas every that? one of my albums. Mm-hmm. Okay? So here's my question to you. Sure. We're getting roughly, by your count, the mm-hmm. Superman guy, mm-hmm. we're getting roughly one good Superman comic one good storyline mm-hmm. every three years roughly with the exception of jeff johns in 2010 2011 in fact i'd argue we probably haven't had a good one other than what steiner's doing on just league but that's not really a superman comic mm-hmm. we haven't had a good one in about 10 years superman unchained always leave that one out because it took them five years to pull that yeah, thing because off jim, because jim because lee jim although lee, is a wonderful artist takes forever takes to get forever. stuff out okay uh yeah I'd, okay i'd already say that yeah okay i i will i will go ahead and admit this i'm not cut up on bendis's work um so i really cannot say to that i know that the first uh miniseries and the first roughly four issues of each were good they weren't like standouts though they there there was nothing that was like oh my gosh this is the best well here, here here's what i'll say about bendis's run mm-hmm if you go to any of the message boards or any way, there's no one talking about Bennis's run, say that's even people will talk about like Tom King's vision run. Mm-hmm. So no one's really bringing it up as something that's overtly special, mm-hmm. which I honestly find disappointing because I love Brian Michael Bennis. Same. Excuse me. Okay. So my question to you though, mm-hmm. okay. You know, given that his averages were already trending downwards. Okay. You know, one good, one good comic every three years or so. Mm. All right. And now we've been about 10 years without a good comic. Okay. And we can't get anybody on there either by DC's representation or just, you know, people don't want to do it anymore. Um, is it time to retire Superman? Ooh, man, that is, uh, that is a question. Um, uh-huh. thank you, Jenny. I was waiting for something. Um, in my opinion, never. In in my opinion, he is he is integral to everything that DC stands for. Um, at this point in time, because like you said, you you mentioned the different story, the different story arcs. You know, you went to which, like you said, you know, has a really kind of like. Pretty solid start, halfway decent. You know, Death of Superman and Return of Superman, they're 
Worst case scenario, it's fun '90s stuff. I you love Different Turns. I, I, I do too. You know, equivocally love it because because it, it's weird. It's all over the place. You know, um, but best case scenario, it still is a solid Superman story because literally the the first thing he says after Doomsday is is done is did I save them? You know, so you have the core values right there. Okay, and I know so, it's Superman story. That's why I brought so, it up. So, that, so that's that's a good start. That's a good starting point. Okay. But then, like you said, then you go, then you start going down because then you've got Trial of Superman, Red, Blue, you know, you have a long series. People have no idea what to do with them. Okay. I do not think that is Superman's fault. I, I just, I just don't. Um, because the thing is, is that when, when you do have writers who know how to write him well, okay. When you do have writers who understand how, how the character works, how to make him work in a modern setting, you know, you brought a Superman for all seasons. You brought up Birthright. Both of those are fantastic Superman stories. Birthright taking a bit more of a modern modern take, whereas Superman for All Seasons is pretty much a timeless story. Um, you know, you brought up Jeff Johns' stuff where, you know, we don't have to have this argument of does Superman matter at any point in that storyline, but it's still a fantastic story arc. You know, the, the Brainiac stuff is really good. Even the, uh, the weird Bizarro comics that happened in the middle of that is really good. Up, Up, and Away, which is the first story arc after um, after uh, one year later, where Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman disappear <clears throat> following a large cataclysmic event. That's a whole thing to get into right now, but I'm not going to. Um, long and short of it, Superman comes back, and it's a ultimate, just like Lex Luthor versus Superman storyline. It's really, really good. Um, but then, like you said, you know, as you keep going, though, you know, Jeff Kahn stops writing him. You know, Grant Morrison writes something and then stops. He does really well, but then he stops. Um, Snyder had a, a miniseries, which was really good. But then following that, okay, following, um, excuse me, <coughs> following Grant Morrison's run on Action Comics, for some reason, <coughs> and you knew I was going to say this, Scott Lobdell still has a job, mm -hmm. Okay. And look, I've never met Scott Lobdell. Scott Lobdell might be a wonderful person. Okay, the man can't write. I don't know. Like he he did some good stuff in the '90s. Okay, but Red Hood he invented X Man. He did invent X Man. That is mm -hmm. true. Yes, he invented. It. So you're trying you're trying to distract me. You're trying to get me off on the, on that 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 thread. I'm not gonna pull on that one, um, <laughs> because Lord knows we could do a four hour Age of Apocalypse. Uh, uh, podcast. I'm ready. I would relish it. I'm sure you would. <laughs> um, but no, you... To me, Scott Lobdell does not understand the character. He just doesn't. He, all of his stuff is very base. You can look at any of his stuff in Red Hood and the Outlaws um, or just Red Hood or anything. For some reason, that man... That's something that Al needs to talk about sooner or later is the fact that Scott Lobdell has held one of his favorite characters, like, basically hostage for the last, like, eight years. Um, I, I was I was about to say like it is incredible that on this podcast um, it turns out to be Jacob to talk about Scott Lobdell's writing uh, before I do that's just this, this is just a crazy time we live in folks it is, this is you know this is this is the most bizarre timeline it truly is it is um, you know leading into that his his action comic storyline has Hael which is a weird, weird story arc where this random Kryptonian villain comes out of nowhere and is going to literally create Hell on Earth. And for the record, I know I'm saying his name weird, but it's literally H apostrophe uh, E L. I don't know why. It's weird. Yeah, let me stop you real quick though, okay? Because yes, okay. I agree. Scott Lobdell is horrible. Okay. Okay. One thing you're negating to mention though is that also during this time, for whatever reason, not although I really like the first five issues of Greg Fox writing, you do. Mm -hmm. Also during this time, you've got Charles Soule and Jeff Johns again at one point writing it. Well, I was getting there. Okay. And Greg Pock. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Okay, so... No, so okay. So, following that, okay, you have Charles Soule on Superman Wonder Woman. You have Greg Pock taking over Action Comics with Scott Lobdell uh, just apparently going into a corner for like a solid like four months because... That happens, and then he starts writing Superman, just Superman again, and then Superman Doomed happens. Superman Doomed is one of my least favorite comic books of all time because it cut off Charles Soule's run, it cut off Greg Pak's run, 
And then you have two of the better, like, Pac wasn't really new at the time, but he was still, he was new to DC. Um, <clears throat> and Charles Soule was a new writer at the time. And both of them are killing their runs. Both of them are delivering fantastic issues. And then editorial decisions make them do Superman Doomed, which is a very stupid story. Um, because they don't know what to do with the character. And I understand that I'm getting that I'm going way off on different on different tangents to get to get back to this point. But the thing is, is that once again, that is not necessarily an issue with the character so much as it is an issue with editors and writers. Okay, let me let me ask you a question though. Okay, so okay. so they go through Doomed again. Basically, Superman uh, rips Doomsday in half, and sure. he gets infected yep. with Doom spores. Yep, that's the real thing. The everything <laughs> is. Fun. And starts to turn into a it starts to turn into a doomsday Superman hybrid. Yep. Okay. Okay. Now, you don't like that storyline. I do not. Okay. So, in Batman Arkham Knight, Batman gets infected with the Joker disease. Okay. Starts to turn into the Joker. Mm -hmm. You like that storyline? Not as much, but that's because. Okay, I'm just I'm just saying. Okay, here, here's the thing. If you were going to use that argument, you should use Batman Who Laughs. Shenanigans, right I'm there. just saying. Shenanigans, shenanigans. Ladies and gentlemen, the entire time he's playing the game, he's loving it. Okay, I don't know. I don't know where this is coming from. <laughs> don't know where it's coming from. I thought shenanigans would not have his hand on a Bible. Uh, this is perjury in the court. Is it? Is Surgery it? Surgery in the court. We're calling objections. Okay. Huh? Okay. All right. Fine. Whatever. Okay. Okay. All right. So. Okay. So. Okay, so, so let, let, let's bring that up, okay? The thing is that Arkham Knight still has solid writing within it, and you still have solid gameplay elements within that storyline, okay? So you Charles still have Saul and can't write solidly? I'm not saying they can't. I'm saying that they were given this story arc that they had no build-up to. They had nothing... For those of you who do not understand, Superman Wonder Woman, like, six or seven... Six. ...ends... <laughs> With like like they have like this big like showdown between Superman, Wonder Woman, and then Zod and Feyora. This really cool like fight scene where you have basically there's these two like power couples going at each other, and then out of nowhere, like they stop Zod, you know, Feyora runs off and does whatever, and then we never see her again in the new fifty two. Um and then Doomsday comes out of nowhere. And then they and then the government starts shooting them. And then there's a whole like the last two pages of that comic are the most jarring thing I've ever read because it changes the entire story. Because and this is and this is why it is an editorial issue because you can tell that Charles Soule did not have any kind of setup for that. And I can you know why? Because if you read anything that Charles Soule wrote on Daredevil, he had everything planned out. Literally every single story, but you can tell it was it was premeditated. Okay, contrast that with Superman, Wonder Woman. Last two pages, just randomly, Doomsday shows up, you know, and then and Clark's like, "I've got to go stop him," and then Wonder Woman's literally left just standing there. That's literally how that comic ends. That's actually not how the comic ends, but that's okay. How is that not how the comic ends? Zod drops a nuclear bomb down a uh, smoke <laughs> down a or they're at the bottom of that smoke stack thing, and Zod drops a nuclear bombed at it and superman can't get out because it takes away his powers and so he covers up oh crap and so the last thing you see is like a skeletal superman covering up the so yeah so yeah it, it, he's right it's jarring however i would like to point out that what i have attempted to do for the last two podcasts i did do to jacob just right now so i just want to point that out you what do you mean yeah what have you attempted to do <laughs> make you sound like charlie day yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But anyway, well, anyway, you do. I, I was the one who fall for that. So, I, I, yeah. I think you probably do have a point. But what you're not bringing up, though, and the the center question you're not answering, though, is that all these storylines tend to happen because DC's like, I don't know. I guess we've written every great storyline for Superman, so let's do that. So, like, you know, if you can't write a good Superman story for somebody, you know, what do you do? So, I, I mean, is there a good Superman story out there we haven't read yet? I mean, I've got some ideas. <laughs> like, I've had some ideas before. <laughs> but, right, we're gonna know. we're gonna we're gonna cut you off there because we're at forty seven. But minutes. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, it's, but but you know, but to but to answer that, we just talked about how Charles Soule and Greg Pak 
were given had five issues, five or yeah. so issues where they were both really really good. And then to contrast that, Jeff Johns, his very short, like, eight-issue run on Superman with John Romita Jr. was very good, you know? But the thing is, it's like, then they just kind of drop them, you know? And then and then Peter J. Tomasi takes over and is like, okay, so I have to kill him now. That's that's the thing, is, like, people people don't understand how to write him because at this point, they, they constantly go back to the same storyline of, is Superman relevant or does he need to die? Those are the only two storylines that people that for some reason people think about anymore. You can make the same argument with the aspect of the Snyderverse saying that about Batman of the only storyline that we can tell is apparently Dark Knight Returns. The thing is, is like at that point, it's you're not thinking enough about the character. Hold on, wait, let's back up. What what do you mean? The, oh, the Snyder, Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder, Zach Snyder yeah. Yeah, okay. Scott Snyder, let me just go ahead and clarify this. Yeah. Scott Snyder Sorry. never thinks like that. Scott okay. Snyder is wonderful. Zack Snyder absolutely thinks like that. Yeah, you that. jumped from comics to movies. I, I, please excuse me. Off. Yes, yeah. please excuse me. Um, but no, I just... My thought process is that there are still Superman stories to be told. They are just not being told because people don't understand how to yet. Whether that's an editorial decision or whether that's because they keep putting writers on there who don't really know what they're doing... Take your pick. Like I said, I haven't read I haven't read Bendis' stuff yet. I'm not sure. I know that the last like big writing decision writing decisions that happened were Dan Jurgens in Action Comics during Rebirth, which Dan Jurgens is okay, but at the same time he's very much a nineties writer. Um, you know, so much so he even brought back the red and blue Superman. Did he do a did he do a more modern take on it? Was it better than the first time? Yes, it was, but it's still the Fred and Blue Superman storyline. Um, and then you also have the Mister Oz thing, where it's actually Jarrell from like an alternate timeline or an alternate Krypton or some weird stuff that yeah. I just was not a fan of. Um, but then you you brought up Tomas and you brought up uh, John Kent killing cats, you know. So there, there is a scene where Clark is trying to raise John, his son, um, you know, how to be, you know, Superboy, how to be, how, how to control his powers and everything. There's a point where I'm not going to go into all of it, but long and short of it is like this hawk picks up this cat that John has and John gets super angry and is about to blast the hawk out of the sky with his heat vision. And then he just melts both of them. Um, and then because... Patrick Lee or no, no, Ivan Rice, I guess was just told like, or Patrick Gleason or whoever, whoever was the artist, can't remember one of the two was just told, I want this to be the most gruesome thing anyone has ever seen. Like there is a full panel of just like a collar and just like awfulness because once again, people don't understand how to write Superman. People don't understand, people don't understand how to write hope anymore. The entire point of DC Rebirth was supposed to be we were bringing the hope back. That was literally the entire point that Jeff Johns talked about, that Dan Didio talked about, that Jim Lee talked about. And then literally the second issue that we have of Superman is his son is burning a cat and a hawk. And the thing is, is that – yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is people don't understand how to write hope anymore, and that's where there's an issue, except for Scott Snyder. And to me – there has not been a single more hopeful writer in the last 15 years than Scott Snyder because he's the one who actually understands how to write him. And that's why the best Superman story of the last couple of years has been Superman Unchained and his Justice League run and Metal and any, anything else that Scott Snyder was able to toss Superman into. I mean, the best, the best conversation about Superman versus Batman was in Batman Endgame <laughs> because the com- because the conversation was Batman says people always wonder who wins when me and me and Clark fight. The answer is no one does because they shouldn't be fighting because they should always be together. That's the thing is that when best you part of, best part about that issue is it comes out a month after Batman vs Superman. A month after Batman vs Superman. Yes. The the core thing. And my point at the end of all this, at this long twenty-minute rant, and I do apologize for anyone who for anyone who is struggling to hang hang on. I think it's been great. Not accepted. Thank you, thank you, Jenny. Um, the point of all of this is that when people understand how to write hope again, is when we will be able to write better Superman stories. 
I'm not saying that Bendis can't. Uh, like I said, I'm not caught up on Bendis' stuff. I've literally got a stack of it that I am about to get into after I get caught up on Jonathan Hickman's X-Men stuff, which is a whole other thing to talk about later. But, yeah. You know, you just... I'm sorry. Like, the end of that sounded like... You remember when Daenerys kills Drogon and she's like, when the sun rises in the east again, we shall... See. It's kind of what you sound like. You're like, when people know how to I'm just saying. Again. That's okay. The, okay, but anyway. that's the truth of it. All right, yeah. Okay. Well, that bleeds into my next question. Okay. Actually, okay. Because, so now, we're... We are we are taking the character and we're basically uh, taking every issue that we have with the character and placing it on the creators. I mean, that's essentially what you're doing. I would, yeah. Okay, all right. That might be fair. I mean, that that I'm not saying that's an that's an unfair calculation. Um. So, I'm gonna kind of morph something I'm thinking with the last question um, because. You've got things like, you know, what uh, what Scott Lobdell did. You know, what really DC Editorial has done with Superman, you mm-hmm. know. Um, you know, what they continue to do with Superman. Um, even even down to things like really botching his 75th anniversary in a really ridiculous way where they just put a bunch of really sad Superman stories into yep. his, into his yep. 75th anniversary book, you know. Uh, so they've got like, a, you know, just some really, really sad stuff there going on. Um, so it seems that the problem then is that if people don't understand who Superman is, okay. So we've, we brought his name up a couple times already. Zack Snyder did a interpretation of Superman. Okay. He's done. That's a word done, for it. Done two and a half interpretations of him so far. Yes. Okay. Um, his interpretation seems pretty strange. The interpretation DC editorial seems pretty strange. Mm-hmm. What is it going to take then to make Superman? Because this is really the question we've all been leading up to. What's it going to take then to make Superman this, you know, morally antiquated Boy Scout guy and place him into the 21st century because really that's a question we've been asking about Superman for 20 years now. And he's had some successes, you know, but I would even argue, you know, birthright kind of a Lex Luthor driven story. Lex is the one that moves there. Mm-hmm. Brainiac's really a Superman story, but it's a Superman and Paul Kent story mm-hmm. about fatherhood. So it's really not as much about Superman. Superman for all seasons is always Superman being seen from other people. From other people. Yeah. So what does it take to have a Superman story and make it work in the 21st century? Um, I don't want, I don't want like your beat by beat idea, but what I do want though is like, give me some ideas that would work, you know? Well, for me, um, I mean the first, the first person that comes to mind to write it besides myself, of course, um, will be Ta-Nehisi Coates. And for those of you who have not been reading his Black Panther or Captain America runs, one, I'm sorry. Two, it's going to get better because once you read them, you'll be okay. So Ta-Nehisi Coates writes both of these characters in very different ways um, because he understands these characters. Um, but I really want to focus on Captain America okay? because Captain America, when you contrast it, is similar to Superman in a lot of ways because – okay, let's – I mean let's, let's knock off the list, okay? Technically antiquated morals, okay? Um, started in the 1940s. Started as a direct representation against uh, against the Nazis and for American patriotism, okay? He's literally wearing a flag, punching Hitler in the face on the first cover. So, definitely a product of his time at that point in time. How have we made Captain America come into the modern world? Ed Brubaker and uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, in my opinion, both understood Captain America greatly and understood how to make his storylines work. Ta-Nehisi Coates specifically writes him and the characters around him in a very, very human aspect and in a way where they see these modern issues and they see these modern problems – but they never lose sight of who the character is. They never lose sight of why he is the way he is. 
Captain America. <clears throat> Contrast that with Superman. Okay. Superman, you constantly have this, you constantly have to have this idea of self-doubt for some reason. Okay. For Superman, you constantly have to have this idea of relevance. You constantly have this have to have this idea of, oh, is he more Clark Kent or is he more Superman? You know, for some reason. I've never understood why you have to have that conversation when you don't have to have the same one for Bruce Wayne and Batman. And the thing is, is like I understand that occasionally you may you may have that, but the thing is that ultimately you never have it as much as you do with Superman. To me, the core elements of the character and what what ultimately needs to happen again, once again, looking at the modern day climate of this of this world, is a Superman that is willing to act out against oppression. Superman that is willing to do things like that. Don't put him against this. Don't put him against this gigantic alien that he's just going to have to punch his way out of. Don't do that. Be smarter than that. Be better than that. I'm talking to any writer who ever touches the, the, the blue and red suit. Be better than that. Think. Because the thing is, is that, you know, ultimately... <laughs> When you start to focus on his morality and his and and the characterizations of him, when you start to focus on those aspects more than what he is able to do, and you focus more on why he chooses to do the things he does, that is what makes a Superman story. That is what makes him into the person that we want to see. And the thing is, is like we don't always have to have that be a big knockdown drag out. I would be just as happy seeing a conversation between Lex Luthor and Superman based on, uh, based entirely on on what does it mean to have the human ideal and what does it mean to be you know the ideal human versus uh, versus someone who is technically a god you know oh and while we're at it stop the Jesus analogies just stop them right now it does it doesn't work because he because he isn't Jesus if anything he's closer to Moses like, I mean, just let's just get that out of the way right now. Just I don't want to see any more, you know, cross imagery of him falling out of a spaceship slowly. I, I just I don't want that. I don't want a random like second rate actor who can gulp really well to play a priest. I don't I'm sorry. I don't want to see that because that's not who Superman is, because ultimately what people don't understand is that they treat Superman like he is a god, and they write him like he is a god, but ultimately Superman is human. And that's what and that's what Lex Luthor can't understand. And that's, that, at its core aspect, when you get that storyline right, that is what makes a good Superman story. And that's what makes a good Lex Luthor story. And that's what makes, really, the entire idea of the characters work. Is understanding why he does what he does. And that's what so many writers have not done. They have literally said... I mean, they literally said, let's see what he can punch next. Not, I mean, I'm not sure that they've literally said that, but at the same time, when you look at these storylines, you know, they're, they're very, they're, they're base to say the least. They are these storylines where all we're getting is we're getting to see him fly and punch and do all these wonderful things, but we never really understand why he's trying to do them beyond, oh, he wants to save Lois. Oh, he wants to save this person. Okay, but why? Why does he want to? You know, and that is the story. That's the story arc I want to see. You know, that's the story arc I want to see that that someone says you don't owe the world anything. And Superman says, I absolutely do. That's the storyline I want to see. Because the thing is, is that I, I want to see Superman have the and have the with great with great power comes great responsibility style storyline. I understand that might not necessarily be the, be the perfect Superman, or that might not necessarily be the, the ideal for, for what we've had before, but at the same time, if the argument of should we retire the characters are, is coming up, and if the argument of how do we bring him into the 21st century, let's change some things up. I'm not saying that, that we take away powers, I'm not saying we take away abilities, I'm not saying that we change aspects of who he is, but I'm saying that we talk about him differently. I'm saying that we have a scene where Batman says the world needs Superman, because ultimately, that at its core, the the Justice League storylines, what every single one of them that has done that has gotten it right, 
is that Superman is seen as this end-all, be-all ideal that they follow. And that's what they need to do, you know? <laughs> because everything about Superman, if you understand and nail Superman, then DC will never have another single problem, in my opinion, as a company. Because if you have that setup, you know, if you have the belief and understanding that your first primary character is handled well and done well, then you are going to be okay. You know, we can make we can make the same arguments of, of pretty much. I mean, we can make the same arguments of Wonder Woman. We can make the same arguments of, of multiple of multiple other characters that may not have had the best and the best runs in the last couple of years. Now, Wonder Woman's been a lot better than Superman. I will definitely agree with that because of Brian Azzarello. But at the same time, you know, prior to that, what was he doing in the '90s? You know, having multiple different uh, different runs that weren't necessarily that great. You know, and the thing is, is like we figured out how to bring Wonder Woman to, into the modern day. We figured out how to do that well. Now we said to do it with Superman. And to me, like I said, fight oppression. Why does he do it? You know, understand those two basic principles, you know, and understand and understand ultimately who he is as a character and not just what he can do as a character. That's how you write a good Superman story. Mm. All right. Well, that was a pretty good uh, answer. And, uh, you know, um, I, I don't really have much to follow up on that. I think that was about as well as anyone's going to answer that. Um, Al, you got, any, got anything else? Um, I don't believe so. Um, I had some some thoughts in my head, but they were pretty well addressed by Jacob throughout his answers. So I'd say that's a, it's a pretty good job addressing, addressing questions and thoughts that you haven't heard. Um, <laughs> I'd say that's pretty good. Um, um, Jenny, do you have anything to add? Um, what's going on? Uh, you done good kid. What's good. You, you done good kid. Okay. <laughs> I, doing I, good. I, I appreciate it. That, that's great. <laughs> At a time, TBD. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was a very good answer, Jake. Uh, fantastic answer. Um, you know, I think you've definitely uh, given given us the uh, the importance and the relevance of Superman, and you handled it better than I would have because I would just been like every question, would be like, dude, it's Superman. <laughs> you know, like you know, you got to have Superman. So no, you did you did a very good job. Um, so yeah, uh, fan fantastic! Another another great another great evening of of uh, Phantom Defense Court here. Um, you know, I think uh, I think this was a really good one uh, dealing with a character that, um, you know, still I think uh, has a lot of relevance and uh, deserves uh, better than what he gets a lot of times. Absolutely. Uh, so so yeah. So with that in mind. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to shut this one out and uh, going to remind you once again uh, about our Patreon page, Phantom Correspondence. Also remind you of the uh, the fantastic website where you're going to see some some pretty great writing on there uh, from Al and Jake and uh, every once in a while, you know, uh, when when the when the sun rises in the east, uh, I write a write an article as well. Uh, and so there there's some every day. Yeah, there's some. In the east. Oh darn! Let's try to get <laughs> when the sun rises in the west. I write a good article as well. Uh, I would like I would like to hold you. I would like to hold you to the original statement. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I like to see <laughs> every every single day. Ah, yep. the sun rises in the east again. Dang it. Okay. Uh, but no. Um, but yeah, uh, some really great articles on there. Um, obviously, you can get uh, you can find uh, some podcasts on there as well. Uh, you know and. Uh, you know, just just go on there and support us, like us, uh, leave comments, let us know what you want to see. Uh, definitely, if you do the Patreon, uh, if you give us some money uh, for five bucks, uh, you know, you can tell us what, what you want us to talk about. Um, you know, Jake doesn't say within reason, so you can for five bucks, man. You can be like, hey, all right, guys, <laughs> it's time for that showgirls retrospective that we've all been waiting for, and I guess. <laughs> 
So, you know, whatever happens, uh, you know, so, yeah, so, you know, you've got a lot of power there. Um, so definitely uh, go on there and, and look that up. And if nothing else tonight, uh, I think I speak from behalf of uh, Al, Jenny, and Jake, uh, when I want to inform you once again, as we always do, that Phantom is for everyone. And that, uh, you know, uh, particularly in these times right now, uh, where everything seems to be going crazy, uh, just remember that, that, you know, everyone has a fandom, and this is one thing that truly unites us. And, uh, you know, just be kind to people out there. So, uh, for the Phantom Correspondents, I'm saying good night and signing off, and y'all have a lovely night. Peace. See ya. Okay. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I did not know Jenny was gonna go peace. <laughs> like, I, so I, I thought it was. And what's best about that is that there's two seconds of silence. Mm-hmm. So now you've got to put that in. So you have to. I'm still. I'm putting all this in. So oh, okay. until yeah. I hit stop recording. So all right. Seriously, guys, y'all have a wonderful mm-hmm. night. Later on.